My heart skips skipping the beach You're not close enough So that space between you and me Let's lose it The way you're dancing Swaying to the music Girl, that body and how you move it Every time you cross my mind Girl, I lose it Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by the 18 Birdies app, the number one golf app in the business. You are listening to the Players' Championship 2018. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading this week's podcast as we break down the 2018 Players Championship from TPC Sawgrass, one of the best events of the year, hands down. Before we do that, we are going to recap the Wells Fargo, the carnage that occurred at Quail Hollow, the picks we got right, the picks we got wrong. We're going to talk about a Twitter doofus and one of the more annoying things about our society and especially the golf world right now. We're going to get on a little bit of a high horse there. If you need to fast forward, you can do so, but that's coming up right after that. We're going to tell you a little bit of history about TJ at the end. You want to catch that? We've also got our caddy inside information from two different caddies from the PGA Tour who were out at Sawgrass today. They were at the golf course today. We got feedback from those guys. We're going to bring that to you as well as you look at who to play and who not to play for the Players' Championship. We're going to give you our picks. We're going to give you our fades. We're going to talk some strategy because that's going to be pretty critical this week is strategy and GPPs, soft pricing, deep field, big contest. You need to know what to do. We're going to talk about cash lineups and our fades. It's great, as always, presented by our friends at 18 Birdies, the number one golf app in the business. Be sure and download the 18 Birdies podcast. And if you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, you get one year free premium access. It's a pretty good deal. So for now, enjoy the podcast for the Players' Championship 2018. What's up, everybody? David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. I got my boy, Pat Perry. We are here to break down the TPC Players' Championship, the season's fifth major from lovely Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, right down the street from you there, Pat. How you doing, buddy? How's Man, it going? I am good. I'm good. I'm excited for this week. Uh, we had a, had a good week at the Wells Fargo. Well, I say that. Not, not pick-wise, we didn't have a great, great week for the Wells Fargo, but you know what? Like you said, it's the fifth major. We're going to hear that a lot this week. Well, I mean, we did kind of have a, a decent week, I mean, for the Wells Fargo. Now, there was a tremendous amount of carnage at the Wells Fargo this week. You had a lot of big names miss the cut, a lot of a lot of carnage, a lot of people on Friday sweating the old cuts. Uh, we did. We definitely got some guys wrong. We got Hideki wrong, Oosthuizen, uh, Ryan Moore, Kiz was was no bueno. A lot of our other picks, though, were down in the 6K range. We missed those, but uh, we picked 29 guys, 10 missed the cut, which is a little high for us. Normally, we tend to have a little better percentage than that, but all in all, it wasn't, you know, for the, for considering the week and all the carnage that occurred, I think it, was, it wasn't terrible. Uh, you know, you were really on Jason Day. You like Jason Day a lot. You talked him up. Uh, so, congrats to you. I know you had a little bit of Jason Day as well. Well, and I finally hit a one and done this year. Yeah, yeah. Finally hit the one <sighs> and done. 
Well, my my seven week stretch of one and done picks finishing in the twenties was broken as Rory McIlroy finished, I believe, seventeenth. So uh, yeah, I used Rory for a little T seventeen. I feel good about that. Feel real good about that. Nope, just being sarcastic there. But um, you you did have some good picks. You had some good picks. You, you had uh, you had a good good video over on Roto Grinders for the Sherpa, for the Sherpa show, and our our expert survey and consensus on Roto Grinders was nails. The eighteen birdies article that we did was also pretty nails. Um, so all in all. You know, it was a good look. Sometimes here's what you got to learn. If you play DFS golf for any length of time, there will be weeks where you feel like, man, I had good players in my player pool, right? But you just don't put the lineup together. And that's the thing. Sometimes it just happens. You, you know, you got to, you got to have the lineup construction just right to be able to take one of these down. So, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. I know you were, you were frustrated on Sunday with a lot of good players in your pool that were that were playing well and you just didn't have the green screens you thought you would. Yeah, exactly. I was I felt like I had a very good player pool and there were just a few and it was it was really just a few that killed a lot of my lineups, but they ended up in every single one of my good lineups. One of them being Kiz who you talked about. Uh I, I, I was on Gary Woodland who who killed me and, and really just on Friday, guy, he was so frustrating. He like doubled or tripled, I think sixteen or 17 I, I don't know but that's what he does and then kiz was there you know he got it to four under on the first day for for a little while and just went straight downhill from there you know it was interesting there were several guys that had back-to-back eagles like john peterson day one freaking john peterson love Poor the guy that he screwed yeah. i had a first wow. round leader bet on keith mitchell and now it would have been split you know because i think there were three or four guys at, at minus four but old jp goes out and you know, just blisters the field on Thursday and kills my first round leader bet. <laughs> yep, yep, it was an interesting uh, golf tournament. But you know, we we got some other guys right. We were on Charles Howell. Not many people were on Charles Howell. He had a decent finish. He was a, a low end guy. We were not on Kevin Strillman, as most of the DFS community was, and he he missed the cut. So, uh, you know, all in all, not not terrible. But we're moving on to. Um, to the players championship before we get into the players we're going to talk about a couple things but the, the players field is deep it is super deep it's the best field in golf um, I believe I saw something where it's 50 of the top 50 in the world golf ranking are all present and accounted for here this week um, for the players championship so it's going to be a go and we're going to talk strategy picks fades all that stuff before we do, Pat, I have to I have to talk about something that is I, we're we're gonna go we're, we're gonna go a little outside of golf right here. I'm gonna talk about a Twitter doofus. That's the that's the the only <laughs> that is the only PG thirteen name I can come up with um, for this gentleman is Twitter doofus, and it just speaks to such a bigger problem, not only in the golf world but in the world in general. You know, so I, I I put a little a little survey out last night. I tweeted, "Does anyone listen to music when they play golf? If so, what kind? Blah blah blah." Just wanting to start a conversation with the people. You know, I was bored. I was I was bored. I just wanted to have a little combo, right? And got a bunch of different responses. 
And this one, this one guy who, who honestly, I've never seen him on Twitter. He's never interacted with our stuff. I've, I never remember him liking our stuff, commenting on our stuff, retweeting our stuff. But all of a sudden, he comes out and he basically is like, "No, I can't. You know, I don't like that. I don't agree with it. I think it's not how the game's meant to be played. I shouldn't have to hear your speaker all the way from another fairway." Blah blah blah. And you know, he gets into a little. He gets into a little. Um, uh, a, a little exchange Spat. with, yeah, yeah, with our friend Marcus Miklovich. Now, Marcus, I've actually met Marcus. I met Marcus in California a couple years ago. Really good dude. He's been following tour junkies. I, I seriously believe he was one of our very first followers. So yeah, he's a long time loyal TJ guy, and we appreciate uh, we appreciate Marcus. But Marcus had a funny response because I think I responded to the guy respectfully, and I was like, "Hey, you know, honestly, like." unless you're just blaring it, like most speakers, if you have them in the right place and you have it turned down enough, like you can't hear them past 30 yards away, 40 yards away. And the guy said something about, yeah, not true. You know, I've heard them as far as from the other fairway, blah, blah, blah. And Marcus chimed in and gave a little comment about, you know, the volume. And and then he ended it with saying, if you've heard a speaker from another fairway, please share a link because I'd love to buy it. And I thought that was funny. I just thought that was a funny comment. So I liked it. Then this guy quote tweets what, no, yeah, he quote tweets me or Marcus, I can't remember which one, and he just basically says, um, I cannot believe you just liked that disrespectful, rude comment. I'm unsubscribing to the pod as a result. (laughs) And I... (laughs) I'm like, this is the bigger problem with our society as a whole. It's just so many snowflakes, so many people that just can't disagree. Like, just uh, just disagree. It's okay. Like, we don't all have to think the same. And then, and then, and then, smaller than that is the microcosm of this is the problem with golf. Like, people like this. I heard a phenomenal quote that I want to share right now with you, Pat. Heard a great quote. I was listening to the Eric Lang podcast. He interviewed Ashley Mayo, and Ashley Mayo is the former longtime editor for Golf Digest. Ashley's very, very sharp, very, very smart woman in the golf industry, making a lot of moves. A lot of it's behind the scenes. You don't really know what, she, what all she does for the golf community, but she does a lot, and she's smart. And I love something she said, and I'm not going to be able to direct quote it, but I'll paraphrase, but that she and Eric were talking about the differences in certain golf communities, like the, the communities that Eric hangs around and um, kind of the, the elitist side of golf and then the new kind of up-and-coming, listening to music, doesn't get in trouble for his shirt untucked, you know, flat bill wearing kind of golf, right? And Ashley said, um, you know, golf's ecosystem needs it all, right? Like everything is an ecosystem. The earth has an ecosystem to sustain it right? And golf needs every piece of the ecosystem. We need the elitists, right? We need the guys who want to play with music and and who just want to have a good time. We need the Ricky Fowlers. We need the... um, Don't uh, untuck your shirt at the the Augusta Country Club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we need Ricky Fowlers. We need, um, you know, old guys like Pat, like the the ecosystem of golf is bigger than the elitist group and it needs everybody in it to grow 
And if you love golf like I do and like you do, like we need the game to grow. We want the game to grow. And you know, a lot of people probably said that when Tiger came out. Like we don't need that in golf. We don't we don't we don't need his kind or his type or his style or his attitude or his temper. You know, we don't need but the golf the game of golf needs every part of the ecosystem. And you don't have to like every part of it. You don't have to agree with every part of it. But to grow the game that we love, you gotta have it. And you know, I agree to to an extent there are things that can be done and and, and things that shouldn't be done. You know, I, I don't think you should have your music so loud that anyone on the golf course can hear it. And when I play music and I roll up on a group, I definitely will pause my music just in case. If I'm playing with people, I always ask them, do you mind, right? Is, is this okay? Does this bother you? If it does, I got no problems. But this guy is not what golf needs. And, and he, he embarrassed himself on Twitter. And the fact that you would unsubscribe to our podcast because we liked this dude's tweet, just because we liked his tweet. Was the most crazy thing. I laid in bed well, last it, night. At that point, it, nothing was ever said from you or me or whoever whether or not we liked having music or not. Yeah, he didn't you know just if we agreed with him or not. He, I guess he's assuming that we did, but I just thought Marcus's statement was funny. I, I, I seriously, I'm like, I like laid in bed last night thinking, like, what is wrong with people? And then I woke up this morning, I'm like, I'm like in the shower, you know, like we talked about the shower. This is two weeks in a row, we talked about the shower. I'm like in the shower going, I can't believe there are people who react that way. Like, and maybe the dude just wasn't that big a fan of our show to begin with. Cause that's kind of like, well, look, look, man. I mean, honestly, I was, I was dumbfounded because how have we not offended you before now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, seriously. You must not music. have been listening very long. Like, yeah. how, how, how have we not offended you before now? But if you, if, if something like that causes you to not want to listen to our show anymore, man, I mean, you were, re- you were, you were living on the edge anyway. You, you were like hanging off the cliff about to leave us anyway because we're bound to do something to piss you off we've done it plenty of times but it was amazing and man i'm just grateful for listeners who are practical who don't get their their feelings hurt so easy and like we can joke around and like be ourselves and you accept us or you don't you like parts about us and you don't like parts about us and we just move on like i don't even understand we do this for free because like i don't you I don't. You don't pay me to 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 listen to my show. I don't understand, man. It's just people are people need to calm. People need to calm down. Anyway, that's yeah. the soapbox of the night. I like the Ashley Mayo. I have not gotten a chance to listen to that podcast yet, but but that is interesting. You know, and you're right. I mean, you've got there's. It takes all kind to make to make golf what it is. You, you there. If you're an elitist golfer and you and you listen to us and you you think music is terrible on the golf course and whatever that's fine you know i mean everybody's got their own opinion on that and and it's it's but you also got to respect the others out there that are trying to grow the game maybe it's in a different way maybe it's not you know tuck your shirt in um you know whatever i mean it's just golf is not it's not meant it will never grow unless you know like you said everybody that plays this great game that talks about this great game you know, can accept what the, the, there's just different ways of enjoying it. You know what I mean? And at some point, you know, it's like, this is a little side. It's like, it's like, you know, back in the day, they used to all play in shirts and ties, button downs and ties and suits. You know, at some point, somebody said, hey, I don't want to hit a golf ball with a freaking, you know, knot around my neck anymore and long sleeves and a jacket. I just don't want to do that anymore. 
you know, so at some point that status quo was bucked and 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 things progressed, right? How is that any different from somebody saying, I don't want to hit the golf ball with a tucked in shirt? I just don't. You know, I wear a collar, but I don't I don't want to hit a golf ball with a tucked in shirt anymore. It's like it's like music in church back in the day, right? Like, well, people didn't want to people didn't want to embrace, you know, electric guitars in churches because oh my god, you know, it was supposed to be pipe organs and hymns and hymnals. But <laughs> at some point before that, it was something else. You know, like there has to be some sort of progression, and we do need all parts. Ashley Mayo said it way better than I did, but it, it, the the key phrase I took from her was the ecosystem and the game of golf and the future of golf is dependent on every single person in that ecosystem with one thing in common. They love the game of golf and everything else doesn't matter. Whether you wear your shirt untucked, you listen to music, you w- would wear your hat backwards, all the other you know unfathomable sins that you could commit on a golf course, whether you like them or you don't. The, the ecosystem and the future of golf need it all. So. By the way, and you haven't mentioned this yet. I mean, all we're talking about is people who actually play golf. You know, fantasy is part of that as well. And what we talk about is part of that. I mean, that's part of that ecosystem because that's growing Absolutely. the game. So that's something you're not even mentioning. But, but that's a whole different aspect of, of golfers, well, not they don't actually play it, or maybe they do, but it's 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 the fantasy aspect of it as well that needs to be accepted and, and progressed also. Absolutely. In fact, as soon as she said that comment, that's exactly what I thought about. Like my mind immediately went to, oh, guys who play fantasy golf but have never really been into golf as the as the as the actual game are an incredibly new and exciting part of that ecosystem. And that, that's the first thing I thought about. You're exactly right. Like, the tour needs it. The game of golf needs this. It's, it's, it's good for it, you know? Um, so, anyway, that's, that's, that's my thing for tonight. Um, yeah. For more rants and fun life tips, you need to go follow us on Instagram at tour underscore junkies. Now, listen, here's, here's what's been going on over on our Insta. Insta. I noticed last week after a few, you know, we, we said something on the podcast. We got a few extra followers, which was cool. But we're really trying to grow the Instagram follow because we, we like to have a good time on there. And right now, listen, you could be on the front end of something, right? It's always fun to get in on the ground level. Get in on the ground level of Instagram right now with Tour Junkies and follow us. And you can watch Pat Perry learn how the hell to operate Instagram because at some point it's going to happen and when it does you're going to get a laugh you're going to get a few chuckles out of it cuz so far pat has not dipped his toe into running our instagram account whatsoever he has our credentials he looks at it every day right pat i do this is so funny i almost did something on instagram before we started tonight but i decided not to <laughs> and but here's the thing i think you're so right there's going to be some stuff i'm going to i'm going to be literally just like it's like the guinea pig, you know, I'm going to be trying this stuff out and you might really see some funny stuff because what I've realized with Instagram is I don't have to just talk about golf or fantasy or whatever. I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. Yeah. I've, so I've been doing a lot on our, on our Insta stories and it's about all kinds of stuff. Some of it's about golf. Some of it's just about my life and like my kids and crazy stuff. It's the personal side of David and Pat. Well, so far it's just the David show. And it's not because, you know, everybody's going to say it was because David's just like, he just loves talk about himself, which is not exactly true. But 
we got to have content up there, and I am the only one out of the two people that have our credentials that knows how to do it. Now, I gave Pat a little one on a little little one hundred and one lesson a couple of weeks ago on Insta Story, but I am waiting to see what happens when Pat actually gives it a shot. It, it it will be good, and I'm telling you, so far he's not done a thing. So if you follow us right now at tour underscore junkies on Instagram, and keep an eye out, especially on the stories and stuff like that. Keep an eye out, and you will you will be on the ground level when Pat Perry starts trying to dabble his way into Instagram, and it will be the most childlike effort into Insta Stories that you've ever seen. And I can't wait for it. So yeah, and if you happen to catch, if I happen to do it when maybe I'm a little bit tipsy, oh, that's gonna oh, be it's a, gonna be a, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually. I can't wait. You guys have to do this. All right. Um, also, there's the chalk bomb. We got to talk about the chalk bomb. Chalk bomb coming out this week for the players. You do not want to miss that. You know how to get it. Go to tourjunkies.com. Click on the contact us page. Fill out your information. Tell us you want the chalk bomb, and then go back into your email. Open up the email from info at tourjunkies.com and opt in. Say yes, I want this email. Yes, 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 yes. Um, ben Little is going to do that for us. We're going to have some content in there as well. Contest to win the TaylorMade driver is in that email, so you will want to get that. It is free, and it is a really nice read. You know, uh, that reminds me too. The same guy on Twitter that unsubscribes to the podcast because we liked a tweet from somebody that he thought was offensive is the same kind of guy that unsubscribes from the chalk bomb email because of the grammar errors. That <laughs> We had a guy. Tw- we had a guy tweet us that the other week that that he would he had actually actually in Mailchimp you can see who unsubscribed and the reason that they unsubscribed and I read it and it was like I can't bear to see the grammatical errors anymore. Which okay, I, let me take that back. I don't want to group him in the same group as our as our our other guy because this I understand. Like some people, if you're like a real grammar guy, like. It could really disturb you. I understand that. However, the content is so good and it's so valuable, you should be able to overlook that. And if you can't, I'm sorry. It did kind of make me go, really, man? But I, I can maybe understand that a little more than the, than the other guy. But anyway, we did have somebody unsubscribe because they couldn't take the grammar errors. So I think How many Ben has... T- have we had a lot of people unsubscribe? No. Literally like less than 10 on the whole thing. Yeah. And I think a couple of those are people who I don't know if they really meant to get it anyway. So, and and actually, all that I told Ben that, and all that's done is make him want to throw in more uh, gr- grammar errors and misspellings. So, heads up for that. I haven't even really noticed a lot of those lately. I mean, I've seen well because you suck at it too. I, I catch you on it all the time. No, no, that's not true at all. My mom was an English teacher, and if she would have heard you say that right then, she would have slapped you in the face. I'm a, I'm. Very grammatically <laughs> correct. Uh, Mom, well, I love I'm, you. You're listening. I'm pretty sure I caught an error from you today in a text message, and I just didn't want to say anything because you get all. Oh well, that's just because I'm typing bothered. fast and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't really care about that in the text. Why? why who needs to be grammatically correct in a text message? I mean, it's not like I'm putting putting out an essay. Yeah. Like, like I don't understand why you would even need to be grammatically correct. It wasn't grammar; it was spelling. But anyway, anyway, all right. Let's 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 get into TPC Sawgrass and the Players Championship. We are really excited about this week. Wish we could go. We're not going to be able to make it this week, this year. 
because of all the Ryder Cup plans and and having to use our our wife and real job tokens on the Ryder Cup. But next year we will be at the Players Champ Fo Show and all our friends down there in Ponte Vedra. Shout out! We know you guys are going to have a great time. Uh, but Pat, why don't you hit us with the course preview? We do have some caddy inside information tonight from a couple of caddies with uh, combined 20-something years experience. So uh, we'll let Pat see if he can redeem himself from the horrible course preview last week, and then I'll come fill in any gaps. Well, it was really bad last week. It, really it was, was. It was terrible, but I had a lot. You know, I had some distractions going on uh technology wise so i'll i'm gonna blame it on that but yeah so the 2018 players championship at tpc sawgrass the stadium course par 71 or i mean par 72 damn it i've already started off bad with that uh just under 7200 yards we got bermuda throughout so we don't need to we don't need to talk about grass surface on the greens versus whatever else but it is it is Bermuda Greens, Bermuda Fairways, everything else. So I'm excited about that. This is a course that is literally going to test every aspect of a player's game, and that's what they meant it to be. I mean, you don't have a you know, like a ton of dogleg left or right. It kind of evens out. Uh, you got long holes, you got shorter holes. Um, you know, you look at that distance at 7,200 yards. It, it's really not. You know, overall, it's not that long. Anybody, I think, can win out here. Um, so I don't think you have a huge advantage for bombers, except on the par fives. That's where you're going to be looking at, you know, being able to to score out here. Um, you know, typically there's a lot of scoring here. I mean, there's a lot of birdies, there's eagles, but trouble is key because there's a ton of water on this course, almost on every single hole. Every single green is surrounded by a ton of bunkers. So it is it is one of those courses where you've got to score but then you've also got to avoid the the big numbers, and, and I think that's going to be when we're looking at stats. That's going to be something we look at. Um, you got small greens out here, so whenever I see small greens, proximity is going to pop for me a little bit. Um, I think that again, you know, I think anyone can win out here. The guys that are experienced, I think experience is extremely i mean that is key you've got to you've got to know this course i'm not going to be looking at a whole lot of first timers this week um you've you've got to know this course you've got to go around it a few times um you know looking at stats uh i i think course history is one of those that i'm kind of throwing out a little bit actually i i do love it typically from a week in and week out basis but it doesn't really seem to factor too much i mean you look at you just said experience matters and now you're throwing out course history no i think experience there has to be some correlation there no i think experience here's where it's different actually i think you can play this course a lot of times before you actually get it and can play it well so look look at it you know there there's several players out there like here's one that i think jordan spieth is a guy who's missed three straight cuts here but his first time you know he was okay but I think that he, you know, here's a you've got to play this course a lot of times before you actually can can win out here. And so, yes, I think course history is. Siwoo one- Kim didn't do that. He played it once and then he won. Yeah, but I, I just, I'm just saying, I think you've got to play this course a few times before you know it well. Now there could be outliers like Siwoo Kim, right? He's sort of an outlier. Don't you think anybody can win on this course? You look at a guy like Fred Funk won this court this tournament at 49 years old. You know, I mean, that's 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 kind of an outlier. You know, yeah. there's there's been a guy like Jason Day who's won, who who's a bomber, 
And then you look at like, you know, a guy like Funk, who's not a bomber. So this course is going to, I think it brings in everybody into this field where I think recent form is even more of an indicator of what you're going to want to look at out of the two course history and recent form. Those two that we talk about every week, because those are the staples. Now, there's different stats that you could you could throw in because I think strokes gained approach. This is an approach course. You know, I mentioned proximity. I think scrambling, you've got to be good around the greens, especially out of the bunkers. I think that's going to be key this week. And then avoiding the big numbers, it, which I mentioned before. So you're going to look at double avoidance. You're going to look at bogey avoidance. I think those are key. And then birdie or better percentage because you still got to score out here. So that, I think, is also a, a big a key. Now, looking at past champs, you had your boy C. Wu, who I know you love. In 2017, you had Jason Day in 2016, Ricky Fowler in 2015, Keimer, not known as a huge bomber in 2014, and Tiger in 2013. By the way, right before that was Cooch in 2012, another guy who's not typically known as a bomber, but you know, is a guy that is is one of those just driving accuracy, strokes gain approach, solid players. Um, All right, well, let me hit you guys with our caddy inside info for the week. We got uh, we got two different um, takes from from two caddies today. They were both on the golf course today and both of them. I'll just summarize for you what, what we got. Uh, green speeds run around a 12 to 13 De- pat mentioned smaller greens they said they're kind of a decent size but they have quadrants in them so they play small pat mentioned proximity being key i think i would agree with that a lot of slopes and runoffs on these greens which is typical of a pete die uh, design which uh, i don't know that pat mentioned that but pete De- pete die is your uh, course designer fairways they both said they're 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 average but they're they're a little tight and they're playing fast both of these caddies said that these this whole golf course is playing quick so um to me that makes it more difficult number one and it definitely means accuracy is that much more of a premium especially off the tee um flyers out of the rough could be a thing um uh, you know that even mean flyers out of the rough like I guess they're saying because of the type of of the Bermuda rough, it's not very deep. So when Bermuda rough isn't deep, the ball sits down. So it means you got a lot of grass in between the club face and the ball. That helps you pick a player. If you, in case you haven't noticed, the last couple of weeks I'm not a huge fan of the the caddy portion of this. Well, yeah, but well, no, well, it, it just reemphasizes that even though the rough isn't thick. But if you're in the rough, it can be penal because of the flyer. I mean, if you have a, if if you have a flyer lie, you have no idea how the ball is going to react when it hits the green. How how far is it going to jump? How much spin are you going to be able to put how on? How does it? that help you pick a player? Because it ma- it makes it makes accuracy that much more of a premium. That's how. Are you kidding? That's like elementary. It makes I accuracy just I just that much like more this important. Whole, like the, the whole caddy thing right now is just like I don't see. I'm not. You're, I'm not you're, you're such a grouch sometimes. Um, so bombers. Yeah, here's what I'm more of a grouch. They, they about. said, no, no, no. They said bombers are going to have to club down. Obviously, um, local guys. Everybody knows about some of the local guys. We'll talk through some of that. They, they agreed about the local guys. They agreed with works. Pat that experience is especially key. 
the place is visually intimidating. The more you play, the more you realize there's actually room to hit it. Um, par 3, 17 is huge in terms of experience. A lot of stuff going on there. Oh, and experience. The three that favorite, the three favorite stats of our caddies would be scrambling, strokes gain, putting, and driving accuracy. Quote, can't play this place out of the rough. So there you go. Pat, you why are you turning into such a freaking grouch, man? Like sometimes it's nice to hear from the from the guys who have been out there twenty it plus years. It is nice to hear, but what I don't want to hear is when what? I'm doing the course breakdown, I have to hear you chirping in my ear about things that you don't you disagree about. Like wait till later. Just let me do the course breakdown, and then when you don't want to hear about it, or you have some kind of you know thing that you don't. Here's the thing: I'm exactly right on the fact that anybody in this field can win this tournament. Anybody. Except for, like, if, you know, some old dudes in it, like at the Masters, where they can't win. Anybody can win on this course. Anybody. Including Siwoo. No, <laughs> one, ever said, no one ever said that, that they disagreed with you. Me nor the, nor the mystery caddies. No, I, you I, said I did, it. No, I did not. I did not disagree with you on that. I did not disagree with you on that. Re, rewind the tape. When you go back and listen, you'll hear it. I didn't disagree with you on that. I got angry, Pat, tonight. Jeez, man. We started off, you started off so agreeable, and now you're just pissy. Did well, you run, was, do you need I a refill not real mad quick? until you went through the whole, I was starting my my whole course breakdown, and you just had to, like, chirp in my ear with your smart-ass comments. Anyway, wow. let's go. Wow. Okay, why don't you start off there, Sunshine, in the in the 10-plus K range, all these studs. What are you going to do? You want to talk some strategy, too? Yeah, talk a little strategy and pricing. I think we need to start, talk strategy Why first. don't you lead that discussion here tonight? Right, so I, I'll, I won't interrupt. In fact, I'll I tell you what. I'll go get a refill, and you tell me what you think about strategy. Well, here's the thing. I think strategy is very important this week, and I think it's something we've got to talk about, especially for GPPs. And the reason for that is you look at this, especially the pricing on DraftKings. It's so soft. I mean, there are so many guys in here that you really – you could fill an excellent lineup if you just look at the mid-tier guys. And so I think this week for me, especially for GPPs, I'm going to be balls to the wall. I'm going to be taking, you know, some risk. I think there's got there's going to be some guys that, that you you may not normally play from a week in and week out basis. We can't take all the normal guys that that we talk about. All the other DFS shows talk about the guys that pop or whatever. You've got to take some some risk. I think so. This is the the week. If you want to win a GPP, you got to take a little bit of risk on your guys that like that are your sort of your fringe picks but you do got to hit your core guys and i think that's key so when we're talking tonight about our players for me i'm going to be kind of trying to mention who my core guys are and then who is a a more of a flyer play because i think a good mix of those is going to be what ends up winning a gpp this week now cash i think it's a, a, a little bit different i think you can just go solid guys that are you know that are fitting all the stat categories that are fit in the recent form category. I'm not as big on course history as I mentioned before, um, but, I, but I don't think you need to be as risky as far as cash is, is concerned. But I do think for GPPs, you can throw out some flyers. You can play some guys that, that we may not even talk about tonight, some guys that you have a good feeling, a gut about. I mean, this is a, this is a gut week, I think, for GPPs if you're wanting to win all the money, the, the first place prize. We talk about it all the time where – 
you know, for these tournament type deals. I mean, you gotta, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a huge luck thing where, you know, it's, they're not, I mean, it's, it's all or nothing. And I think this is a week where you gotta, you gotta shoot your shot as they like to say. Are you done? Permission, permission to speak. Yeah. Permission to speak. You can agree or disagree. I don't care. At least you've let me speak. Okay. Can I go, can I, can I be the host now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what, Pat? I, I agree with you. I think that with this deep of a field and some of the, some of the winners we've seen um, at the players, including some, some breakout wins and breakout contenders, you know, I think about Kiz when he, when he went to the playoff against Ricky. That was kind of a breakout week for him. I think that's definitely potential here. I do think that the winner is highly likely to come from the top 12 guys, which obviously that's why they're the top 12 guys. But so I think when you're narrowing down the pool, I think you need to have a couple of these guys in there. But at the end of the day, I agree. I think Wednesday night, you need to go to fanshare.com. You need to go to Roto Grinders. You need to go check out these places with ownership projections and see what's going on because, um, you know, you gotta you gotta i think it's smart to just fade a lot of these higher own plays it doesn't really even matter so uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who they are the field is so deep and and i do think that winners can come from anywhere it doesn't make sense to play you know a guy who's top five percent you know top five owned guy in the field i just don't know that that makes sense um so fansharesports.com is where you know you can go to get a lot of that insight. Um, those guys are going to curate and listen to every podcast. They're going to watch every video. They're going to read every article. And they're going to add up who's getting the chatter, and they'll give you their ownership projections um, you know, for that week and amazing content over there. In fact, now they've even got uh, – we've talked about Fanshare a ton in the past, but now they even have um, – uh, player cards where you can look at their historic DraftKings pricing, their historic ownerships. You can kind of see who the guys who are just kind of always chalky um, are, and then you can you can kind of assess from there. So, FanshareSports.com is where we would recommend you do that. So try that out. And memberships like nine bucks a month. It's literally nothing. So yeah, it's great. Um, but I, I agree with you, Pat. For the most part, I agree with you. And you know what, man? You're even though you've been a grouch to me tonight, your gut has been pretty good in in the last in the last couple weeks. It has. You, you, you kind of recovered after that awful Sam Saunders week that you still will not admit you're wrong on, but everyone knows that you were. But after that, you've really picked up the pace a little bit. Your gut has been good. It's a nice round gut, and it's been serving you very well lately. <laughs> so uh, I'm not even mad at you for saying nice round gut. So, so you talked about having core plays and then having just kind of you know guys who may may be in your player pool. Um, you know, so are there any of those guys, either category, in the 10K and above range? So Rory Day, Spieth, Thomas, or DJ? Well, I think that for me, starting off, um, I'm not going to be mad at you if you play Rory. Not going to be mad at you if you play Day. I mean, those guys are both in, in, in great recent form. And I think that's key. But if we're talking GPPs, I'm, I'm going to be leaning towards some Jordan Spieth. I know he's missed three straight cuts here. I swear to God, if he misses the fourth straight cut, I'm going to, I don't know, we should think of a bet that I, I will do if he misses. But I Ooh. do not think he's going to miss a fourth a four straight cut here. 
Um, you know, he's top 10 in the field in bogey avoidance. He's number one in proximity um, over over the last 24 rounds. So I, I just think that for GPPs, Jordan Spieth will be a core play for me. I'm going to hope his ownership is lower because of that three straight, you know, miscut fact. I'm hoping that that, that kind of takes some people off of him. I don't think there's – I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't see – his game, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to play this course well. So I think that's just an, a total outlier. I think it, it's just – I think it's something you throw out. And so I, I, I feel like Spee should really be a core play. And then, you know, DJ at 10-3 is interesting for me, you know. He's he's number five in the field in bogey avoidance. Um, you know he he obviously is going to be making some birdies out here. He's going to be making some eagles. Um, when look when you look at these par fives, I, I feel like he should be able to just take advantage of these. Um, so I do like some DJ at ten three. I will be interested. I think his ownership might be high though. So that's that's where I might throw me off a little bit on, on him. And that's that's really about it. Speed's really my go-to guy here in that in that over 10k range. Well, we'll make this short and sweet. I couldn't agree more. Once once again, Pat, I am all over Jordan Spieth. I am dumbfounded that he's missed three cuts here. He has talked about. He has quoted that he likes this golf course. That he loves this golf course. This is a golf course he should thrive on. His iron play is is as sharp as as ever right now. He's fifth in this field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach. He's gaining 26 strokes in his last six weeks on the PGA Tour. The form is there. I just think, yeah, if we can get Spieth at a slightly suppressed ownership because of the last three miscuts, sign me up. Now, you'll want to check Fanshare to make sure that uh, you know that, that that's going to happen because there may be a lot of people who say the same thing. There's no way Spieth misses four cuts in a row. This course is built for him. Let's play him. Um, so we'll see. If Honestly, though, I'm not interested in anybody else, really. I mean, I would play. I think Jason Day would be the next guy I would go to, but I think coming off the win, former champ here, I could see him being a, a chalkier play. And like we just mentioned, I feel like this is one of those weeks where I'm not going to eat a lot of chalk. A lot of times there are a few guys, there's a handful of guys that I'm willing to eat chalk on, and this is not the week. Uh, for those who don't know, chalk means you know the more popular play. That's the chalky play. That's the you know the, the guys that that we think are going to be higher owned in GPP tournaments. Um, and I'm not willing to to have as many of those guys this week as I normally am. Now in cash, if you want to play Jason Day or Jordan Spieth, those would be my two guys in this range. I'm I I would play Jordan Spieth in cash. Three missed cuts in a row. I don't care. I'd play him in cash. I feel that good about his week this week for the players um in the 9k you have fowler rom rose and sergio you know i think you got to plant your flags right there's so many there's so many good players here it's a deep field you've got to plant a flag you know if i'm gonna do anywhere from 20 to 40 lineups or so i'm gonna try to keep that player pool to probably 22 guys right um you got to make some decisions when when that happens my decision is going to be justin rose at ninety one hundred dollars i'm a big fan of rosie this week checks the box in three putt avoidance tremendous ball striker he's gained 13 strokes 
at Sawgrass in the last five years. He's gained 10 strokes in the last six weeks on the tour. You know, he hasn't had the the greatest, you know, I think he's disappointed a little bit here lately. Um, so maybe that, that takes people off of him a little bit. The 52 at the, at the Houston, uh, you know, 12th at the Masters, but everybody was picking him to win. So I could see a lot of people being irritated that he didn't win. So maybe we get Rose at a slightly lower ownership, and that's really it for me. But again, in cash, I think I would play Rose, and I would I would accept Fowler here. If you want to play Ricky here in cash, I'm totally down. In GPPs, though, in this first two in these first two ranges, I'm planting a flag on Spieth and Justin Rose. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on Fowler and cash. I, I think that. I'm I'm higher on Rom than I am on Rose as far as GPPs are concerned. And now I know Rom obviously didn't do anything here last year. You know he was fourth at the Masters, though, where I didn't like. Him. I didn't think he was gonna gonna do well there. But I think Rom could be an interesting play at, at 9,300. You know he's number two in the field in birdie or better percentage. He's um, number eighth in the field in, in Eagles this year. Um, checks a box and bogey avoidance and double bogey avoidance. You know, DraftKings scoring is all, all, always good. Birdie or better. I mean, the guy's just—he's. I feel like Rom. I, I'll just be interested to see what Fanshare has his ownership at. That's the only reason I won't play him. Is if if for some reason he's. Just I don't looking, think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be very high. So you just don't like him this week? Is that why you didn't mention him? Or? No. No, I mean, I, I really don't have a strong reason to tell you to fade him other than obviously very limited experience here and, and didn't do well. Um, but no, I, I just like Rose that much more. I'm just going to limit my exposure to some of these guys um, in the 9 and 10K range. But I think people will not like Rom because they don't like the, the fiery temper attitude on a tough course with a yeah, lot of trouble, I, I a lot of water, that. a lot of bunkers. Um, it takes driver out of his hand. It takes his weapon away. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to fade him for that reason. And maybe somewhere in my subconscious I'm doing the same thing. But, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have some strong reason to disagree with you. Okay, well, that's you know that's all right, but yeah, he is one of my top plays here, and I like Rose too. I think again, and then Sergio at nine thousand. I think he's going to be super chalky though, but I do like him in cash. He's obviously um, this is he's gained thirty seven strokes on the field in his last um, five times playing here. He's accurate with the ball. He's he's checks the box and always in greens and regulation and proximity and all those kind of things. So I think Sergio is is certainly in play for cash, but I'm not huge on him for any kind of tournament play. All right, so the 8K range is where I feel like a lot of decisions are going to have to be made. This is a tough range. Um, there's a lot of tremendous value here. And I think there's going to be some really chalk plays here, um, but it might be, you know, we might have to wait until Wednesday night and, and check in fanshare.sports.com to kind of get an idea on that because, I mean, there's just so many good names, I'm not really sure. Who, who, who are, is there anyone in here in the 8K that's going to be in that core that you talked about? Well, I think a guy that is in a GPP core is going to be Hideki. Um, at 8,500. I mean, here, here's a guy that I was not on oh, last that week. that hurts me. 
Why? Why does that hurt? Because I played so much of him last week, and he freaking MDF'd. I had well, so much Hideki. It hurts me. It's it hurts. always the putting with him. I mean, and he does not check the box in putting this week. But you know, he's a guy that um, you know can score when he. You know, he can. He he's definitely going to score out here. I think he's just got to avoid the big numbers, which I think he will do. Um, this is a course where I feel like he he should you know play well on. I also like him in fantasy draft. He's fourteen eight on fantasy draft. I think that's a, a pretty good number for him. Eighty five hundred on DraftKings. So you know Hideki is a guy that is is always going to be one that we're never going to always peg right. But he he's a gut guy for me this week. I think that you know he's not going to check every single box. He's certainly not going to check the box in putting. But I'm going to play him this week. I think his ownership is going to be lower than it normally is. You know, we had the MDF, like you mentioned, last week. So I, I do like him. And then we got Tiger just above him at 8,600. And I absolutely love Tiger. I don't really. I'm very interested to see where his ownership is going to be. I hope it's lower than normal. We've seen him play well in Florida this year already. Um, and, and I think that this is a course where he's, look, He's won here before. Um, I think he, you know, coming off a disappointing finish at the Wells and the Masters, I just feel like he has got so much fire to do as much as he can to get in contention. We know Tiger only thrives when he is in contention. He does not care about being in these, you know, last groups on Sunday. And I feel like this is, you know, in this kind of field, you know, with this kind of audience, He's just going to turn it up a little bit. So I love Tiger. And, and I think 8600 on DraftKings is a fantastic price. I know that's he's probably down there for a reason, so that's why I want to I see what his ownership's going to be. But, yeah, he's one of my favorite players here. Tiger's interesting. I mean, you know, when, when he was kind of on the heater during, like, the Valspar and um, the, those events, like, his putting was so good. It was so good. And then lately, for the Masters and the Wells Fargo, the putting has been what's held him back. He's not doing well with the putter. Uh, but his strokes gained approach, I mean, he's fourth in this field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach. He checks the box and strokes gained around the green, so he's scrambling well. This golf course taking driver out of his hand, I like. It's similar to Copperhead in that regard. Um, it, it takes takes driver out of his hand. He can hit that stinger. The iron play has just been so sharp. The iron play has really been the consistent thing all year I, I i feel like you know in the beginning of in the beginning of his return like the off the tee game was so bad um but but then that you know and the putting and the iron play was saving him if he can just put back to kind of what he was doing earlier this year i do think he's interesting now i was curious he was 17 percent owned last week at the wells fargo obviously again not a great finish in a field like this, you got to look at your contest. If you're playing the big $5, $700,000 contest on DraftKings, Tiger's probably going to be still 18 to 20 something percent owned. It's just a it's a highly public tournament, a lot of public money coming into that contest. They're going to want to play Tiger. But, you know, I don't know, if you're playing some sharper contest with maybe higher entry amounts, you know, higher dollar amounts, um Maybe Tiger's an interesting contrarian play. I'm not mad at it either way. Uh, I don't mind the Tiger play. I totally understand the logic for Hideki coming off that that MDF. Um, 
He was 14% owned last week, so he wasn't off the radar. He wasn't 20-something percent burning people. He has not had a top 10 since January. January, he hasn't had a top 10. That's what concerns me about Hideki because, you know, he's still going to be 10. I guarantee he'll be 10% plus owned because he's Hideki. He'll still be 10% up. So you're not getting this, like, stud at, like, 4%. So he's still going to be 10% owned. And you're going to want him to finish top 10. And he hasn't had one since January. And he has no recent form to show. And now he's going into a stronger field with a lot of trouble. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to have to talk myself off of Hideki. Um, I love some other guys in this range. I continue to be a fan of Paul Casey. Um, he was 16% owned last week at the Wells Fargo, coming off the miscut prior. Um, he's 10th in this field in strokes gained approach in the last 12 rounds. He's gained 12, round, 12 strokes in the last five years here, 13 in the last six events. I like Casey, Stenson, and Reed. Those three guys right there in the high eights. So for me, like some core plays for me are going to be Spieth, Rose, Casey, Stenson, and Reed. I love all those guys, especially, again, Patrick Reed. We talked him up last week. You know, we, we, we talked him up for the Wells Fargo. Um, he finished eighth. You know, the guy is just on a heater right now. On an absolute heater. A uh, runner-up at the Valspar. Seventh at Bay Hill. Won the Masters. Eighth at the Wells Fargo. And now he comes to a course that's probably built better for him than any of those other courses. Like, this is a perfect course for Patrick Reed. Scrambling, iron play, placement off the tee, you know, tough field. One of the biggest purses in golf. Like, Patrick Reed wants to win the players, I guarantee you. I think this is an awesome opportunity to play Patrick Reed. And people still don't want to play him. He was 12% owned last week at the Wells Fargo. So Hasn't he mentioned before, though, that he's not a huge fan of Pete Dye design courses? Has he mentioned that? I, I mean, if he has, wow. I feel like I need to check that. I don't know why that. he's not. but I need to check that, but I feel like I've heard that before. I like Stinson too, man. Good history Love here. Some Ball Stinson. striker. I think that's a play. But but there's so many decisions to make in here. Like I I think I'm gonna have to fade Phil. I'm I'm just not I I'm just not in on Phil. But then below, I think Phil's gonna find himself in too much trouble. Like you can totally, be a good scrambler, I, yeah. and I do think scrambling is huge out here, but you can also, you know it does I mean like he can like hit it in the water and then like just like totally screw it's shocking to me that he ever won this event Um, yes it is for me too like i just don't think this is the event for him and then the next three guys dechambeau has been playing really well and i'm okay with dechambeau but he's getting a lot of ownership he was 15 percent owned at the wells and just this is a big boy field you know it's a big boy field i think it's a good spot to fade him uh let me let's go like i think we need to talk about him is he not like it's starting to be, and like I'm not saying he's Ricky Fowler, but he's a guy that's sort of out there. He wears his cap, whatever the hell that thing's called, and he's but he's very popular with just a lot of people out there. Like, like, do you think his ownership is is a little bit high just because of who he is, and he's just a kind of a popular player, or? Should he? Does he deserve that ownership? I mean, See, I disagree. Are... I, I, I don't think he's popular for the same reasons Ricky Fowler is. I think he's popular because people think he's weird, and and they just want to, it's like he's like a he's like a he's like a circus freak. He's wearing the weird hats. <laughs> he's got 
single-length irons. He's the scientist, right? He's the smartest guy on the golf course at any given moment, and people just watch him for that reason. I think the reason he's popular in DFS is because he lately, I mean, you got to give him credit. I'm giving him credit. He's he played has, very well. He has lately. five top tens this year, dude. The guy is playing very, very well. His stats check out. I am, I am with it. I'm totally with the DeChambeau. You know, like I, I get it. But if you look at him in in big events like the Masters, where he finished 38th, like I just think he's a little. Now, last week was a strong field, and he finished fourth. It was a very strong field. He finished fourth. API, he finished second in a strong field. Um, waste management, he finished fifth in a strong field. I, I'm just. But at waste management, you were getting him sub 7% owned. Um, Bay Hill, you were getting him probably below that. So, and at, and at a better price. At 8300 you know, he was 15% owned last week. He's probably going to be near there this week. In a big boy field, I'm still, I, I still haven't seen it yet from him. I want to see him contend through four rounds at a big event like this. But I think that's why he's popular, because he's just playing really well. You can't deny the way he's playing. Okay. But uh, I'm with you. And because I think people, uh, other than that, I think people think he's a spectacle. You know, he doesn't seem like the warm, friendly kid that Ricky Fowler is. He doesn't. He doesn't no, come no, off no. like that. Um, I think we got to talk about everybody in the 8K because this is interesting. Fleetwood and Molinari and Kisner. You and I both nailed the Fleetwood fade last week. That was one we got right. Um, neither one of us could really pinpoint why, but it was a gut feel. I, I feel similar right now. I, like, I like Fleetwood. This is a ball striker's golf course. He's a ball striker. But I'd like to see a little more experience from him. You know, he finished 41st here last year. He's still over 25% owned last week. Now, he, he missed the cut, ticked a lot of people off. I guarantee you Fleetwood's still going to be 17 18% or more, I, I, I'm thinking, just because ball striking stuff. I don't know. Maybe with the big field, it's diluted a little bit. But... For that ownership, lack of experience here, not the greatest form, I think I'll fade Fleetwood. I will play some Francesco Molinari. The Italian Bill Haas uh, is in play for me. He's got a great track record here. He's gained 29 strokes at Sawgrass in the last five years, 12 strokes in the last six weeks. Uh, He checks a box in strokes gained approach. He was only 10% owned at the Wells Fargo last week, finished 16th. At eighty one hundred bucks, I think uh, I think Molinari's in play for me. That is it. So I'm big fan of the eight K range. Casey Stinson, Reed, and Molinari. The one I like the most is Patrick Reed. All right. Well, I think I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think Fleetwood is probably going to be another fade for me. I don't I don't know about Molinari. Kiz, I'm 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 fading too. I just don't like him when he's not in good recent form. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Let's let's move on to some seven K where I think there's some interesting plays here. Um right at the top, I feel like Bubba is gonna be a, a pretty good GPP guy. Now mm. look, I know this is not the course for him where we know he like he's a he's a bomber and you know, whatever else. But I think Bubba could be a good contrarian play and he is a flyer play to me. He's not gonna be a core guy. But he's going to be one of those guys. I think his ownership's going to be lower because people think, well, you know, this just isn't the 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 type of course where you know he's he's going to fare well on. But I think he can. He can you know take advantage of these par fives as long as he doesn't get too upset if he makes a you know a bogey here and there. So I'm I'm okay with playing some Bubba. 
I also like Billy Horschel right in the middle there at 7,600. The guy checks a box on driving accuracy. He's been in very good recent form. I love him on Fantasy Draft. He's at 13-4 on Fantasy Draft. I think that's a great price for Billy Horschel. So he's another guy that, that I'm I'm big on there. And then um, I think Ian Poulter, 7,800 on DraftKings, obviously in good recent form. You know, kind of a, a Florida guy has, has just played these courses a ton. Um, and I say Florida guy, yes, people who are going to start adding us. I know he's not from Florida. <laughs> I, know, I know that's not where he's he from. He lives in Orlando He now. lives in Orlando, plays courses like this all the time. You know, I like him at 7800 on DraftKings. I think that's just a, a good price for him. So just off the off the top, those are a few of my favorite guys. Well, so for for the first time in a while, I don't have a ton of guys in the 6K, which which is shocking. I I love some players in the 7K, um, and I will try as fast as I can to go through some of these. I'm a huge fan of Poulter. Great scrambler, great track record here. Um, sixth in the field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach. Good Vegas odds to win as well compared to his price. Love Poulter here. I love Mark Leishman. These are all GPP plays that I don't mind having core ownership built around. I think they're all going to be, with the exception of maybe two that I'll name here in a minute. But I think Poulter and Leishman are great GPP pivots. Uh, Leishman's caddy lives in the area, uh, in the Ponte Vedra area. Leish checks a box and strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green. He's got a great track record here. Love me some Leish. This is a tournament he could win. Cam Smith at 7,600. Now, Cam missed the cut here last year. Uh, unlike our friend Tommy Fleetwood, you know, who I just said I, I wanted to see more experience out of. First of all, Cam Smith is is $600 cheaper uh, on DraftKings. But Cam's in a little better recent form. He's, he's, he's a tremendous scrambler, good ball striker, um, decent recent form, fifth at the Masters, 32nd at the Heritage. I like Cam Smith here. A guy that I just think is another just made for this golf course is Patrick Cantlay. Now, he's one I think could be a little more chalky. Uh, I, I just love the guy. Total ball striker. Tied for 22nd here last year, um, which it was his first his first event, his first time playing Sawgrass at, at, as the Players' Championship. Love me some Patrick Cantlay. A guy who literally checked every single box that I looked at was Emiliano Grillo, who I know you and I both liked last yeah, week. We I like him, him again right. this week. He's going to be chalk. He was 18% last week for the Wells Fargo. He checks every single box this week, like all of them. Cantlay and Grillo are really chalk I, I, I'll, I'll eat here. Um, I, I like them both. Um the last guy in kind of this mid-sevens that I really, really like is Zach Johnson. Like Grillo, checks every single box. Three-putt avoidance. Strokes gained around the green. 21st in strokes gained approach. He's gained 19 strokes in the last five years at Sawgrass. He's gained 16 strokes in his last six weeks on tour. I love Zach Johnson here. I think he's a tremendous value um, at 7,500. In that top 7K range, guys I will just flat-out fade would be Bubba. Um, I'm just not believing in Bubba. Alex oh, Norin. So you don't, do you not like my Bubba? I, I don't. I don't like the Bubba play. Um, I'll fade Alex Norin and I'll fade Tony Finau. 
Those are three guys that I'll fade in the 75 and above. The rest of the guys, if I didn't name them, I'm okay with them. But I gave you the guys that I really, really like. Those are my core plays in 7,500 and above. But there are still tremendous values below 7,500. Um, who are the guys below seven? So all the way from 74 to 7, there's a ton of guys here. Why don't you hit us up with, uh, with those, those remaining plays? Well, there are a ton of guys. I think, you know, starting off at 7,400, I think Rafa Cabrera-Bello at, at 7,400 is, is a fantastic play. He checks the box for me in proximity. Also, strokes gain putting. Um, and when I look at strokes gain putting, I, did, I, I think, you know, you probably did the same, but it's, it's on Bermuda and fast greens. So he checks the box there. Um, you look at um, a guy like... Nick Watney, last week, he's coming in on good, good recent form. He's a, another guy that checks the box on proximity. I think that he's a great play this week. One of my favorite plays is at the bottom here at 7K. It's 7,000 is Scott Piercy. He's number one in the field in strokes gained approach. Also number one in proximity. So I do like some Scott Piercy. I think he is a, a great play. Also looking at fantasy draft, he's at 11.8. On fantasy draft, I think, and he's been in pretty good recent form. We know he we, he did win the uh, the team event with Billy Horschel, um, and, and which which may not you know that's not a huge indicator of how they're going to play this week. But that was a tough course, and that's and that was a it was a TPC course, which we're getting this week again. And I think that you know he's a, he's a guy that plays tough courses well. So I do like Scott Piercy at seven thousand. So who do you got? Wow, that's not a lot of guys. I thought you were going to name more than that. No, I don't. You know, you you mentioned. Well, oh wait, I'll mention another one. Sneds at seventy four hundred. I love no. some Brant Snedeker. So you named two guys at seventy four hundred. I'm not going to be playing either one of them. I'm going to play a guy that I rarely play. But I have a. You mentioned that this week was kind of a gut feeling, right? You mentioned it's kind guess. of a gut, gut feeling week. Yeah, go ahead, guess. Brandon Grace. Yes. <laughs> I, See, I am so good at that. I should get more credit for that. You, like, you, you did not even say a word. You didn't say a stat Yeah, category. but you knew when I said it was a guy I rarely play. You knew it was either him or Hatton. Well, no, here's the thing is I forgot to mention him. That's why I knew because I actually I'm a, I'm in agreement with you on Brandon Grace. So, but go ahead and tell me. I tell just me think your reasons why. a consistent cut making performs well in big in 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 you know strong fields. Um, he's not going to overpower a golf course with distance. This course allows him to you know to to play on more of an even level in terms of distance. Uh, I just think he's a steady play, and I and I I don't know. We'll see what his ownership comes to be. I know Pat Mayo loves him, so if Pat Mayo talks him up, I might have to be a fade, but uh, we'll see. Uh, opposite of Brandon Grace, chalk again that I'm willing to eat is Webb Simpson. I think it's a perfect spot for Webb. His caddy, Paul Tesori, lives in Ponte Vedra, knows this place very well. Um, you know, Webb's got an okay track record here, but he's playing so well right now. I I, I really like Webb at 7,300. I think it's a tremendous value. If you look at his Vegas odds to win, he's 80 to one. He should be priced uh, in, in the you know he should be priced a few hundred dollars more in in my opinion there than than uh, than where he is at 7,300. Um, all right, I'm going to try to be selective here. I I. I I'll probably have Adam Hadwin in my core yet again. Hadwin just continues to play really well. Um, Strokes gained approach is off the charts here. 
I think Charlie Hoffman is gonna is gonna be a good play for me. I think he'll go overlooked a little bit. You know, he's he's uh, he hasn't been in the greatest form, but he does play well in you know big events. He he, he tends to come through. He's a good ball striker. He's a cut maker, um, and he's got win potential all over him. So I like Hoffman. I like Chris Kirk. Decent track record here as well. He's gained twenty three strokes over the last five years at Sawgrass. Um, I think Kirk's in play here. Uh, just like I said, I'm trying to be selective. Um, that's probably this it. This is one of those weeks where I, we literally could name like yeah, 50 you players. could. I, I a little. F- I got a little fancy for – see, I saw Steve Stricker, and I was like, I think a lot of people are going to go towards Steve Stricker. And then I saw Scott Piercy, and I thought the same thing. So I kind of think Sean O'Hare is an interesting pivot who's in hot form right now. So I think O'Hare is interesting there. Uh, he'll probably be the last one I named there. All right, anybody in the 6K? I mean, I got a few, not as many as I normally do, but you got anybody in the 6K range? You probably like Russell Knox, I'm sure. Oh, no, he's no. Seven, he's seventy one hundred. Never mind. No, I don't have I don't have any. Yeah, he's not even in the six K range. Yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, I'm gonna blow your mind with my six K guys. Ooh, what you got? So my first guy. Well, I like Scott Stallings, who we just came off of doing an interview with. He's at sixty eight hundred. Uh, he checks the box on birdie or better percentage. Um, I think he's a guy that, that could certainly play well. I think that's a little bit of a misprice there. It's just because of the field and, and how huge it is and whatever else. So I do like Scott Stallings. Jonas Blixt mm. at 6,700. I know you love him. You got to love him this week, David. No, you don't. You never have to love Jonas Blixt. Actually, his recent fourth, though, has been pretty good, right? Hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's also lost 19 strokes in the last five years at Sawgrass. I don't care. Jonas Blix is coming off of a T27 at the Wells last week. He was T14 at the Heritage. He tends to play hard courses well. This is a a tough course. So I like some Jonas Blix. He's number one in the field. If If you filter in on Fantasy National, which we love that site, if you filter in... Fast greens and Bermuda. He is number one in the field in strokes game putting. The guy is also top 10 in Eagles gained. Is a guy that is in good recent form, as I mentioned before. So I think Jonas Blix is a good flyer play. I like it this week. And the next guy, here's a guy that I think plays well in courses where it doesn't, like length just doesn't matter. And that's Ryan Armour at 6,800. He checks the box and, and fairways gained number one in that stat category, which is basically just driving accuracy. Greens and regulation. His recent form is not terrible. I mean, he's been okay. So I think Ryan Armour. Oh, wait. Strokes gained approach also and scrambling. Checks the box there. So I like that. A flyer play. Now, here's, here's what the thing. I mentioned it. Ryan Armour is not a guy that I'm going to say every single week that you should play. But I think this is a week that if you want to take a flyer on some guys, that's that is a I think he's a good play. I think he's solid if you're looking at just stats. He should uh he should perform well. For for new tour junkies listeners and by new I mean in the last 2 years. You may not know the background behind Jonas Blix, but when Pat and I were first starting the Tour Junkies podcast back in 2015 
Um, the, I think it actually was this week. I think I really, really touted Jones. So this was this would be actually two, we started in fifteen. This would be two thousand sixteen. I heavily touted Jonas Blixt for the Players Championship because a friend of mine who is a member at Ponte Vedra in a club. Um, talked all about how Blixt had been playing really well, and Blixt was at that time like banging his sister's best friend, and he'd heard a bunch of stuff about how well Jonas was playing, and he's a Pontevedra guy, you know, has a house out there or something, and so he's like playing, playing, playing. So I touted him up, and I was like all in on Jonas Blixt, and on Thursday morning, like his third hole, he got a nine, he got a nine, and was basically trunk slamming by his third or fourth hole on Thursday. And it literally sent me to the moon. And so the following podcast, I gave nine reasons why you will never, you should never play Jonas Blixt. And it was a great podcast moment. And one of the reasons is because, hey, it's fantasy golf. And you know what? You have 120, 140, 150 something players in the field every week. You can be selective. If and golf is variable, right? So unless you're in the in the in the early 2000s with Tiger Woods, a different guy is likely going to win every week. So you don't have to play the same guys over and over again. And you can just say, you know what? I'm riding this guy off for eternity. I'm never playing him, and you'll probably be okay. And that is what I've done with Jonas Blix since that day two years ago. I have not rostered Jonas. I can 100% confidently say not using any lineup builder tool, not manually doing it, not accidentally doing it. I have not one time since that day in 2016 rostered one share of Jonas Blixt, and I will continue to not roster a share of Jonas Blixt for as long as I live. But that doesn't mean I can't mention him. Yeah, yeah, you you can totally mention him. To your detriment. It really fired me up when he won the Zurich last year. But uh, but fittingly, he would win on a week where you couldn't play him in DFS, which is exactly fine with me. That's totally fine with me. All right, I am I am basically going to give you I'm going to give you two guys. One guy I kind of like in the 6K, and that's Ben Martin. I know I've talked him up a couple times before. Ben Martin likes Pete Dye golf courses. He's sixty nine hundred dollars. He's gained six strokes on this uh, golf course in the last five years, which down in that range is not terrible. The guy that if I were going to play, if I were going to really have some shares of a guy in the 6K, this is the one guy I would have multiple shares of, and that is Rory Sabatini at $6,700. The South African with the wrist tattoo has gained eight strokes in the last five years at Sawgrass, 11 strokes in the last six weeks, coming off a T27 at the Wells Fargo, a T23 at the Heritage. He's got a top five earlier this year at the Valspar. You know, Rory can pop every now and then. So, you know, his, his Vegas odds should should have him somewhere in the 7K range. So he should be a few hundred dollars more expensive than he is on DraftKings. For that reason, I might have a share or two of Rory, but I tell you, I am going to not have a whole lot of guys uh, in the 6K range, that's for sure. So there you have it. Any further comments on the 6K boys? Are we we ready to move on to one and done? No, I have zero comments. I think that, you know, here's the thing. These guys, I mean, it's like I said, this is one of those weeks where you've, if, if we haven't mentioned the guy that you'd like, play him. You know what? You, you know, use your gut. This is this is that week to do that. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, why don't you hit us with your one and done since you, uh, you know, you hit the winner last week. I think everybody's probably more interested in hearing what you have to say anyway. So, well, got? my one, my one and done this week is going to be a guy that I've just waited all year to play as my one and done, and it is going to be Tiger Woods. What? Yes. That is my one and done. I cannot wait. I think it's a great pick. I'm excited about it. And I've got to be a little bit different because I'm still in in the contest you and I are in. And and that's you got to take that into perspective as well, because it's your your contest. I mean, if you're in a contest where you're in the lead or whatever, no, don't take Tiger. But I got to make some ground up. So I'm going to take some Tiger this week. Well, I have to make an absurd amount of ground up in that contest that's over on gup's corner um for the uh for the one and done challenge over there i am sucking very badly uh hind teat if you will so i not only need to be contrarian but i also though here's the thing like i want to use a big gun in a field like this it's uh, a lot of money on the table the the you know the structure the the uh, the purse is nice um but i think that jordan spieth will be a little lower owned than he should be because people are going to be afraid to play him as a one and done after three missed cuts at sawgrass and i am not going to be afraid to play him i think it's a perfect week to combine a world class golfer on a tough golf course with a lot of money at stake and a chance to prove himself on a course he sucked at and get him at a little bit lower uh, exposure in the old one-and-done pool. So I'm going Jordan Spieth. Okay, I'm all right with that. Yeah, that's my, that's my logic. I'm sticking to it. It has been a tremendous Tour Junkies podcast for the Players' Championship. We've gone a little long, but it's a big week. We know it's a big week. We hope you guys' screens are green. If they are, come Sunday, be sure and tweet us. Go on Instagram. Give us that follow at tour underscore junkies check out the gram if you haven't subscribed to the chalk bomb you need to go to our website fill out the contact form or you can hit us up on twitter we prefer you go to the contact form but you can hit us up on twitter we use your first name last name and email address to subscribe and uh yeah hey for you uh fantasy draft buddies who uh, are friends of tour junkies on fantasy draft heads up listener league link is coming your way All right, I think that's all I got. Pat, you good? I'm good. All right, may your screens be green for the 2018 Players' Championship. See ya! Oh! It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Point out the colors of you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.